Praise the Lord for technology and technology and microphone boosters that's helped my voice. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, when you find your owner there. I'm going to try to not bring a traditional Jonah message. And about two more chapters over, there's a book of Nahum. There's one book between that and Jonah. And I'll be going over there. Maybe to finish up, Good to have each visitor. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And uh, it's a blessing to me. Uh, Brother Hayes and his wife from up Jefferson said they listened. They listened every Saturday. And thanks be under God for technology. They said they can hear on the radio. And we was at the funeral, uh, funeral home Tuesday night, I believe it was. And the lady there Works over to jail. Said, she said, I listened this morning. I listened. I can understand you. So I praise God for that. And I just pray that all of y'all can understand what the Word of God is saying. I may do a whole lot of reading. I don't know. I may do a whole lot of reading. There's one thing not to discourage you, but for reality. I'm not whipped by Satan. I'm not beat down by Satan. I'm not tore down by the things of Satan. But I've never seen 55 years of being a Christian how Satan's working in the minds of our church people. He's always worked in the minds of a sinner. He always worked in my mind but he's working in the minds of church people. And he's doing all he can do to separate, to break down, to stop the love, the shouting, and the power of God. There's hindrances on every angle in my house. and Our boys, bipolar and schizophrenia, and I understand that a lot of it is truth. But every day, he's telling me about how Satan is trying to take over Christianity. He said, Daddy, why you've had cancer and why you've had a heart attack is you being a Christian. I said, no, it ain't it. That just happens to people. I praise God. I live long enough to have a heart attack. I praise him. I live long enough to have cancer. I praise him. I might even hang around 
another year if he don't come back. Amen. Because the prayer I prayed, Janet heard it. The prayer I prayed, God let me stay here till my work is finished. That's what he told me. He said, you can come on home and be with me or you can stay here, get some help and finish your work. So if you wonder why I ain't quit, I'm finishing my work. Amen. I'm going to aggravate you just as long as I can. How about it, Johnson? I'm going to aggravate you. i tell you what many will do. We'll take the football away from you, brother. I think it's going to hurt his testimony. We'll take it away from him. Amen. And leave it at the house. You know, so, so many little things hinders us in our walk of life. So many things frustrate us and aggravate us and stop us from praising God. And I found if I don't praise God, my muscles get sore and they want to hang up. So let's praise God before I start preaching. Amen. We don't want our muscles to dry up. Uh, Brother Avery there just talked to Avery and Debbie and they went uh, out across the Mississippi River out into Waco, Texas. I've been there one time, that's enough. Amen. Waco, Texas. Amen. And Avery, he said he's tore up about the Mississippi River. It was dried up. And these islands out in the river, you can see the bottom. I mentioned it a while back, the Nile River, doing the same thing. That's always been a life stream uh, to Egypt, and it's a life stream, amen, for us in the, in, in the Mississippi River. And I thought, when the things are drying up, but I don't care if you can see an island in it, our churches are drying up. Hey, there's little dead spots in our church because sin has come in. These little dead spots, they ain't no water, they ain't no spirit of God. They ain't no blessings of God. God stuck his hand off of it. And they ain't nothing, no no uh, uh, disrespectful to look to, to me, a stream that's dried up and cracked and there ain't no life in it. Amen. God wants some life in us. He wants the Spirit of God moving in us. Amen. He wants us alive to do the work. Um, we know how Jonah was called, and we'll scatter here and yonder, but I'm going to have to read the second and the third chapter of Jonah, which ain't but ten verses. won't take us long to get through with that. But the first verse said, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Neighbor, can I tell you something? Why was Jonah called, and why was Preacher Bill called, and several other preachers somewhere because Grandma called them, they went to school. But some of us are called because God called us, amen, to go preach the word of God because the wickedness has come up. So if we get behind the pulpit, my buddy that ordained me as, as a deacon in 19, 
I was 68, preached here at Mount Vernon one time he's dead now. And he said that God, lightning from heaven, came down and he was weed eating up, up in the mountain in Allegheny. He was weed eating and lightning come down and knocked the weed eater completely out of his hand. He stood right here and testified that God said, you need to preach my word. Quit playing with the gospel. He's 90-some years old and passed a couple of years ago. Honey, I don't want a weed eater knocked out of my hand. By God, I want to preach the gospel. That's why Jesus called me. That's why the Spirit of God called me and why he sent me to Mount Vernon. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you, church. Not because we're here or you're here, but our church has stood on some things that many churches don't stand on. Our church has stood up. And I want to tell you something. God has honored that thing. God has kept his hand on us. And God's kept a Oh, hallelujah. God's kept a little sap in our bones. He's kept us alive. He's kept us slobbered and enjoying the blessing of God. He said he's a stronghold, not easily torn out. The doors are open for the sinner to come in and get salvation straight out of the portals of glory. So if we don't have salvation today, it's our fault, glory to God, because salvation is flowing right out of the throne of God, and it's a quickening spirit. It'll bring you alive. It'll keep you alive. It'll go with you in sickness. It'll go with you when the money gets short, and it looks like the lights dim. I'm glad for the Spirit of God that passed my, my way. I'm glad that it's still free, that it's still running out from under of the throne of God. And if the Mississippi and the Mile and the Fish River dries up, God says there's a river of life flowing out from under the throne of God. And he said, if you drink of that, well, glory to God, you'll never dry up. If you'll keep drinking uh, from the fountain of God, I can't tear out a page of God's book, amen, and still be alive. I can't add to God's book and it still be alive. I've got to take the whole book. Whether I like it or whether I don't, I've got to live by it. I've never had a desire to serve God like I've had the last few months. And I've never had the battles to fight every way I turn. There's something else to knock me down, to turn me down. But I'm glad by the grace of God. It took a minute, but we swung out of bed and hit it this way this morning. Brush part of our teeth. I'll get the rest of them when I get home. Amen. Glory to God. We need to be in the house of God. If i done all that need to be done on Sunday morning, I'd have to start at 1 o'clock. Amen. And I need a little sleep. We've slowed down. I know that. But glory to God, that ain't changed the call of Almighty God. And he, and he went on to say, I ain't going to read all that in the first chapter. I'll, I'll keep you all here all day. But in 11th verse, 
in the first chapter, then said unto them, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempters. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. I'm going to tell you something today, and I want you to know it. I've heard it time and time again. You say, I'm just hurting myself. When I was an old drunk, I said, I'm just hurting myself. And we say it. I'm going to tell you, if you're a backslid, a Christian, you're hurting the entire church. I mean, I thought if we was to draw lots today, and I don't know how they draw a lots, but I've thought about it. They cast lots for Jesus' robe. So they were there when Jesus was the didn't mind casting lots. They were there. They were not in God's will. They were there to kill Jesus. And I thought if we went around and we had straws that was all leafing at the top and we drawed straws, every one of us, amen, and there was one or two short uh, straws in there and you got that short straw. Oh, it'd tire you up. It's just like Judas. He said, is it I, Lord? I'm going to tell you something, honey. Jonah knowed that it was him. Jonah knowed, amen, because Jonah had paid the fire. I'm going to tell you, we've paid the fire to be in sin. We've paid the price of being in sin. And I'm going to tell you, we're not uh, covered up. We're not hid. Our sins will be manifest. It'll be shouted from the rooftop. We're not getting by uh, with anything. But I thought Jonah knowed. Oh, without a doubt. And he said, if you'll just go ahead and cast me into the sea. Jonah was willing to die before he would preach the gospel. And I thought about, and all of this may not be exactly right, part of his Bible history. But I looked, and he said, Nineveh had walls 40 and 50 feet high. Can you imagine? This wall is probably 10 feet probably 10 feet high. Can you imagine four times that high or five times that high? And he said that the city was roughly 26 miles and there was cities inside of the cities. And Nineveh, my friend, became uh, the capital. It became uh, the, the top one of the Assyrians. Sinarib made it, amen, the capital of Babylon, the captain of all the cities. And I thought about it even says there in one place that he went in a day's journey. And I thought about it. If it was 26 miles, he might have just went in a part of the way, maybe eight or ten miles in. He might have made it in one day. I don't know. But he said, glory to God, that it was a third, three miles to get there. Amen. So it must have been roughly three miles across that place he was going to. And he got in a hurry. And he got there in one day instead of three days. So he was in part of the city. And he said, I believe he said there's 15 uh, gates and there was tires around uh, the city, 200 feet high. Can you imagine a tire and somebody sitting up there uh, watching with a gun? Amen. Because Jonah was a Jew. Amen. And this was a Syrian, uh, which was against the Jews. Amen. So can you imagine the fear that
they fell on Jonah. We've seen all of this. The Assyrian army, he saw the walls. He saw those sitting in the watchtowers. And then the devil pointed out all of that to Jonah. So Jonah just decided, I'd rather die in the sea. Just go ahead and cast me out. So he paid money. He went to Joppa and he got him a ship to Tarsus, which is the opposite direction of where Nineveh was because he didn't want to face the people. I'm going to tell you something today. Our preachers don't have no a backbone because there's a back, a slim Christian that's trying to set a trap or a trap door or to shut him off or to break him down. He's making a living off of the church and he's afraid he'll cut his money out. Amen. We need to draw a lots and cast them overboard into the sea. Bless God. God might prepare a big old fish to get them. Only when I quit preaching of the word of God, when I tear out a page to take care of me, it's time you set me down and get me out of the way. If you got to throw me overboard, then so let it be. I need to preach the gospel because God called me. God sent me and God will provide. Oh, glory be unto God. I'm glad I can over see the Assyrian army. I'm glad I can oversee the wall that's set out there that it looks so hard to get over. I'm glad that I can see the deacons and the people and some of the women that I've got to go over to get in the gate to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm glad behind all of that I can see Jesus saying, come on, Bill, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, a reproof, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. The doctor said you can't go. They said it's time for you to quit. You can't drive at night, but the sunshine I can drive today. Amen. I can take what God has given me and use it. Amen. Hallelujah. They say you can't eat cake, but a little cake's good now and then. Amen. Matter of fact, when we have homecoming, I eat cake and banana pudding and cookies first. Because everybody likes that. And then I'll go back and get what green beans and corn's left. Amen. I need some sweetness. Amen. You know what we need in the church? We need some sweetness. We need some love. We don't need no big eyes and little ears. I know Kenneth is a blessing to Kenneth, and he bought us a picture of our Boy Scouts. It's a blessing to him to remember back when we had Sunday school around an old campfire. We all eat the same thing. We all dressed alike. We done everything alike. When one worked, we all worked. When one played, we all played. And I know he remembers that. And the thing that we said, the Boy Scout, be prepared. Are you prepared to meet God? Be prepared to meet God. I gotta finish, I'll never get on. Lord gracious. I told I told Lady's funeral home, Janet said, You're gonna have to start watching your mouth. And I have, I've just quit telling her everything I do. 
<laughs> but I remember in a nursing home, and this lady, I was, I was talking to her, and she said, my husband is driving me crazy. Said he follows me every step, and he says, you can't do this. Don't go there. You need to sit down. She said, he's driving me crazy. Well, he died. I told her, I said, you can't follow. He can't follow you now. You got to follow him. You're going to die, too. You better make preparation. She don't go to church. Then said, I wouldn't have said that. And when I left the funeral home, I thought, I shouldn't have said that. But I laid there in the bed, and I got, if I had to do it, I'd say it again. I'd say it again. We got to follow that, and they'll go to church once in a while. Then it tries to live right. Then it's doing everything it can. We got to get behind them and back them and go with them. Amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump down to two because I'll be here too long to suit some of you. And he said, second chapter of Jonah, and Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. This is virtually, totally, naturally impossible for all this to happen. But spiritually, it happened. Why, God prepared a fish like no other fish just for Jonah. Not for Jonah to die in, but a fish for Jonah to repent in. A fish for him to repent in. And I can't imagine. I've, I worked on the Pamlico Sound and somewhat backed up brine water, nasty stuff I've ever seen. And most seed weeds, I couldn't stand to go out there on a Sunday evening after church. I couldn't stand them seaweeds. Finally got me a float, just float over top of them. I'd lay down in the Pamlico Sound. It was about a mile across, nice to yucky. But I thought about Jonah, and he said seaweed was wrapped around his head, and the, and the bars closed down on him. That old, that old fish was prepared of God. So, you know, whatever trial I have to go through or affliction, matter of fact, what I'm preaching on is affliction. Whatever affliction... I have to go through. I pray that God has a fish or a way of escape prepared for me. Whatever it is, it wouldn't look good to the natural person to think about being in a nasty fish. I've tried to take a hook out a time or two and how nasty the smell and I would have an old fish. And I thought about one big enough for Jonah to get around in and to pray in. Can you imagine the torment? Matthew 12, 12 and 40 says, and they're seeking a sign. He said, there'll be no other sign given except that of the prophet Jonas, three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. 
Neighbor, can I tell you something? Jesus, when they crucified him and he died, and he was three days, the Bible said, in the center of the earth. He said he went and preached to those that were in prison. Peter tells us this. He wasn't, he wasn't dead. He wasn't just laying around. Amen, dead. He is out in the center of the earth preaching to them that disobeyed back yonder that wouldn't come when Noah was building the ark. Some that didn't, under, some that didn't understand. So there ain't no quitting place for you and I. When you fall over, give it up and praise the Lord. But until you do, keep going for the glory of God. There's a call on our life. Matter of fact, I want you to know, you say, I ain't got no calling. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. If you're called to be a child of God, you got a testimony that'll set this world on fire, that'll revive this world, that'll do something for this world. If we'll get the joy back of our salvation, the joy of what God has done for us. Oh, we can dwell in our pity and our self-pity right on and on, but honey, we can come alive in the joy that God has given us. And he said, I cried by reason of my afflictions. Jonah said this, I cried because of the reasons of my afflictions. And I've heard people say, I don't want to get saved in jail. They say, I got jailhouse. I religion, I didn't want to get saved drunk, honey, but I was drunk when God saved my soul. I was afflicted. I was brought down to nothing. Honey, can I tell you something? Out of the bellies of the hell, out of the bellies of the whale, the big fish, he remembered glory to God, and he realized what he had done. So in his afflictions, and that's what we're preaching, of mine afflictions unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and there is and thou heardest uh, my voice. So out of the belly of hell, and I thought about, some of you been there, some of you ain't, but if you've ever seen anybody hanging around that commode with a dry heaves that's had a three or four day, I drunk, honey, I'm going to tell you it's out of the belly, out of the belly of hell. Amen. When God reached down, he reached down in the belly of that old whale and listened to Jonah. He took time for Jonah. Uh, they tell me every now and then the roof would fall in if I come to church. Honey, come and see if it falls in. If it does, I'll die with it don't matter out of me glory to God but we make every excuse in the world he said for thou hadst sent me into the deep and cast cast me into the deep in the midst of the sea and the floods compassed me about all the billows and the waves passed over me then I said I am cast out of the sight yet I will look again toward the holy temple he said he couldn't see him the Lord was cast out of his sight why did this happen because Jonah was sent to Nineveh and he went the other way can I tell you why you ain't seen the presence of the Lord lately you went the other direction uh, from where God wanted you to go. Uh, you didn't listen to what God wanted you to do. Uh, you overdone. My mama had a little LTD 40. She loved, I think it was a 62 model or something. I forgot. But anyway, she wrecked it. 
pulled out in front of a car, total lost it, over in Galax. She told the family, eventually she told the family, said God told her not go get her hair fixed. Don't go get your hair fixed this morning. She said, I went anyhow. There my little car is to all the pieces. That comes from a little 80-year-old woman. The testimony that should have reached every one of our hearts that heard it. The Lord said, don't go, but I went anyhow because I want my hair fixed. He said, don't go yonder, but I'm going to go anyway because I want this. Honey, I'm going to tell you, Jonah said, I'm not going to Nineveh, that great city full of wickedness. I'm going to Tarshish. I've got the money. I'll dodge this service. I could go on or quit right there, and I'll just quit. But ain't we said that? We knowed. Jonah knowed when he was on that ship who caused the storm. Can I tell you, you know, it ain't no secret. You know when you're causing trouble. You know when you're the troublemaker. If we'll admit that we're the troublemaker, God may not throw us overboard or in the sea, but he might just forgive us. If we'll admit we're the trouble. It's easy to jump up and say, the church ain't like it used to be. Neither are you. Times ain't like it used to be. Matter of fact, I looked at the leaves up at the house, man, like it was a month ago. (laughs) There's some change taking place. Our grocery stores ain't the same. By the way, I, I misfigured Wednesday night. The gas price I saw on TV had done been changed from euros and been changed from liters to gallons and dollars. So gas in Israel is six ninety eight a gallon. See, I saw it on TV. Got some of us and we figured it. One time when I was over there, some of the places was liters, and that's three times that price to make a gallon. So it was $6.98. We need to praise God. I bought some for three twenty-nine, I believe it was. I ain't sure. But we need to praise God for what is happening in our country. Somebody told me this morning the best place we could ever be in, the place that's blessed, might have been Avery, blessed more than any place I've ever been or any place I've ever seen is right through the Bible Belt of North Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia, maybe into South Carolina. Think about what God has done for us. You know, the devil paints all the bad things that's happening in church, but God's trying to revive us and let us know there's some good things happening in church. I praise God, I ain't in New York, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fifth verse of the second chapter. The waters come past me about, even the souls. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. Sixth verse, I went down to the bottom of the mountains, down in the valleys as low as he could go in the bottom of the sea. The earth with her bars was above me. 
forever. Yea, hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord, my God, he brought up our life from corruption. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee, unto his holy temple. Can you imagine in the place, I can't, I can't see nobody in a place that Jonah was in. And, and the Lord brought remembrance. Jonah bought remembrance, and he remembered when he fainted, when he didn't have no strength. Neighbor, when he was in the bottom of the sea, in the bottom of a whale's belly, and the bars of the earth all around him, and the water compassed about him. No hope, no way to get out. That's when we get in touch with God. Maybe your life has been too good. Maybe you need some affliction in your life that'll wake you up. If this affliction and never come to Jonah if God had just said Jonah go ahead and do what you want to do I'll get somebody else to preach God called Jonah amen and he afflicted Jonah that Jonah might realize that God is God and besides him there's none other they that observe listen to this 8th verse they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. If you believe these lies, we walk away from our own mercy. The mercy that God has bestowed upon us. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah up on the dry ground. My Lord, can you imagine the stink that could have been on him? But I've thought about it hundreds of times. I believe God washed that stink of that fish belly of that ocean and those weeds. I believe God washed him up and he come out. He said it vomited him. Amen. I ain't never seen no vomit that looked good to me. When our baby done it, when our dog done it, or I done it. I ain't never seen no vomit that looked good to me. Amen. But the old fish, I come up and yeah, he vomited. Now, I thought about my little grandson. He talks Spanish and I guess he talks Spanish. I can't understand him. He talks some. Maybe it's an unknown tongue. And he's telling me the other day and I said, I don't know what you're saying, son. He said, Bleh. Uh, he said, I vomit. I'm sick. I couldn't understand him, but I understood that. I bet Jonah could tell you today if he's here, I know what it is to be vomited out on dry ground. I know what it is to come out of the belly of hell. I know what it is to get out of the bars. Well, glory to God. Amen. Wish I was able, I'd run three laps and shout at the end of it. God took the bars of this whole earth down that had me so bound and had me in a place I couldn't enjoy life. Young man, life falling apart. I seen a nod. Man knows what I'm talking about. 
Amen. Knows the bondage of this earth. And we we get into it. And we believe a lie. And we lose the mercy of God. The mercy of God could be on us. The devil told me many times and lied to me. He said, this will be your last drunk. Go ahead and do it. Next week was my last drunk. And the next week was my last drunk. I was denying mercy. I was turning down mercy that God had for me to take care of me. Let's go into the third chapter. Amen. Third chapter. I ain't got no notes. Not nary one. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, listen to this, the second time saying, Arise and go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. There's many internet messages being preached today. But how about the message that God sent? And that's exactly what he told Jonah to preach. So in the third verse of the third chapter. So Jonah came and he went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. I don't know if that was three days journey to get to it or three days journey to get across it. You can decide for yourself. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and he said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I want to get this from five through ten. I want us to get this into our pipes. Get this down into our goozle. Get this where we can keep it and understand it. So the people of Nineveh believed God. That's very important. The people of Mount Vernon believed God. The people of North Carolina believed God. And the people proclaimed a fast. A fast is to give up here food and water. Give up something that means so much to you that you think keeps you surviving, that you've got to have. And proclaim the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even unto the least of them. Mm. I know a story, and I can only tell a few of the men here of sackcloth. has been misused and misrepresented. But he said, For word cameth unto the king of Nineveh. So I don't believe Jonah even got to preach to the king. But the word came from Kenneth to Henry to Dale to Gus. It went right on back. 
And Avery got it. And then Jansen got it. And the word came unto the king of Nineveh. And he rose up from his throne, throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth. And he sat in ashes. I had on my mind last night to get one of Janet's sheets and cut a hole in it. Just put my head through it. But I didn't do it. Because everybody here wouldn't have had a sackcloth on. But I mentioned the Boy Scouts. And they were distinguished because of their uniform. The king rose up and he had on a robe that was different than anybody else's because he was the king. He had a, a girdle, a leather girdle about him. They don't speak of that. But the king had him. He had to lay all that aside and he put on sackcloth and performed a fast. And you know why he done that? Because he proclaimed it to the whole Nineveh, Amen. the whole nation. And he said, our cattle, our camels, our animals, and we're all going to look alike. We'd probably laugh our head off if I went up the road and seen one of Trent Shuler's donkeys with a sackcloth on but the whole thing, everything around it had on sackcloth. That king wasn't sitting in his throne. He got word that his kingdom was going to be destroyed. I've tried to bring out the word. This temple is going to be destroyed, neighbor, and we better prepare Amen. to meet God. Amen. We better start dressing alike. Amen. We better start seeing each other alike. Instead of putting one on a pedestal and another down to nothing. We think some of them don't know anything. Some of y'all think I'm dumber than a can of worms. But I've been lucky I ain't been fed to a fish lately. <laughs> Amen. So I may not be as dumb as you think. Think about it. The king had on a white robe and he said he sat out in ashes. I remember a lady, and she's still living, 90, I think she's 95, was in church with her when I first got saved. She had a boy that was wilder than I was. He's dead now. But she said, Bill, I went down in the basement. She literally took the word of God. She said, I fasted. I got in sackcloth, and I took ashes out of the stove. She told me this out of the stove. I ain't never done that. I have tried to get out in sackcloth. And her boy had been to church here several times. I did his funeral. And when they found him dead, sitting up beside of his bed, praying, don't tell me it don't work. Amen. Sackcloth and ashes. She come to me and asked me with tears, in her eyes what I thought and I said I believe your prayers got through Amen. I believe his last hour his life was shortened 
maybe 60 years old because he wouldn't obey God. But think if everybody here, and I ain't just talking about the outward appearance that you can see, but if everybody had fasted, everybody had on sackcloth, everybody was white and clean, I'm talking about no sin. You're talking about would God listen? Would things begin to happen? Somebody's done thought he ain't never going to get done. It ain't 12 o'clock, honey. Yeah. We'll have, a short, we'll have a short day and be done at one. But if we all come together, I ain't talking about on last football field. I'm talking about coming together in God. They seen destruction. Why can't America see the hand of God being lifted off America? Why can't we see? I remember late in bed last night, I remember buying gas for 12 cents a gallon. I remember buying cigarettes for 10 cents a pack. I ain't bought nine years. They got too high for me. I remember in 59, I went to Canada, and I thought, I'll smoke, man. I'm graduated school. I'm away from home, and I was in Canada. 50 cents a pack for cigarettes. So I stole the pipe and stole me some biker, and I started smoking a pipe. But what I'm saying, why can't we understand what's happened to America? It ain't going to be long till we can't live in our sealed houses. Till we can't run to town to buy one jar of mayonnaise five times a week. You listening, Janet? <laughs> Think about it. They can't call and say, you've got to pick up the baby or bring the book back. You know what I'm talking about, man? I didn't ever happen to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> it could happen. Maybe it could happen. When this altar is open, ooh, hallelujah. We need to praise God for it. We need to use it. And he said he covered him with sackcloth and he sat in ashes, and he caused, caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Even the Bible tells us that we can drink a little water or knowing our eyes, knowing our eyes, with eye safe, but let man and beast 
be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. It ain't just putting on the sackcloth. We've got to cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. From the violence that is in their hands. This is a great city that had gold and silver. If I've understood it right, it was right on the Tigris River, on the east side of the Tigris River. Amen. And they had uh, 15 gates and they had a great uh, trade by river. They were a prosperous nation. America has been a prosperous nation. We've traded with every nation in the country. We've bought in stuff. we sold stuff. Neighbor, we've been prosperous. But can I tell you, it's changing. It's going away. I got a simple light bulb and the best I can understand the light bulb was invented in America. Ain't that what y'all learned in school? I started to screw that light bulb in and it said, made in China. Made in China. Honey, I'm going to tell you, they're getting money and we're sending it to them. Amen. Amen. From the violence that is in thy hand, who can tell? Not first. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw, God saw their works that they turned from their own evil way and God repented. That should be an example to us. He was so angry over this nation. But when they repented, asked forgiveness, when they got down and fasted in sackcloth and ashes, God repented. He said, I'll not destroy them. Repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. I'm not going to go on with this, but in the last chapter uh, there of, of Jonah, he said there's a 120,000, 120,000, six score thousand. I don't know if, he said, don't know their left hand from their right hand. I don't think this was talking about Youngins hadn't learned their right hand from their left hand. But it might be youngins that had never heard the Word of God. It might have been adults. Sometimes the number, like the 120,000, was only fighting men. It wasn't women and children. It don't say there, I don't know. But 120,000. Can you imagine Jonah? And I'm sure he didn't see them all. But going in to 120,000 people that didn't know anything about the Word of God, didn't understand anything about the Word of God. Can you imagine today? I don't know. I don't know when I visited a house that somebody didn't know something about the Word of God. Or there was a Bible that had been there and they'd walked away from it. 
So we're not illiterate in the Word of God because we don't have access. We're illiterate because we've rejected reading the Word of God. We said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go on and do what I want to do a little longer. You know, the devil told me, you'll be, Bill, you're young, you're strong, good health, you won't die. You go on, he told Eve the same thing. Go on and drink. Go on and act up. Go on and play. I can look back now time and time again where the hand of God spurred me, where Satan would have took me out, where he lied me and kept lying me, but he was after my soul. I'm glad that the devil don't have my soul today. I'm glad Jesus has my soul today. Let's go over to Nahum, and I'll hurry. I'm just, just about done. I said last night at 10 minutes after 8, I said I've got to read just a minute longer. I can't, Lord, I can't get this. At 10 minutes after 10, I still reading and I still didn't have it. I said, Lord, I'm going to come and try to preach what you bid me. We'll turn over to Nahum, and I'll read fast. Nahum 1. And he said the, the first verse of the first chapter of Nahum, and the burden of none other the body, book of the vision of Nahum, the Elshalite. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth, and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserved wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit. He won't let the wicked get by. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds or the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and he maketh it dry and he drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languishes, it's empty, dry, caramel, and the flower of Lebanon languishes. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned in his presence. The world and all that dwelleth therein, who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. That's something else the Lord knows. He knows who's against him, and he knows who trusts him. In him, he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. I can say amen a thousand times in my trouble. The Lord was a stronghold, but he said in the eighth verse, This is uh, 
the burden like a hundred, roughly a hundred and fifty years after God spared Nineveh, after God forgave Nineveh, after Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes, amen, under the preaching of Jonah, the word that God sent. But this, this is a hundred and fifty years down the road. But with an overrunning, overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Afflictions shall not rise up the second time. He said Jonah was afflicted over there because he run. The Lord said in Nahum that the affliction won't rise up the second time. You've had every change. Uh, uh, Nineveh, you've had every change, amen, that you're going to get. It's not going to happen again. For while they be trodden together as thorns, and while they be drunkard as drunkards, they shall be fired as stubble. And what it says, they were just piled in, in parties, living in their wealth, living in their good pleasure. And it says they were just like folded uh, together and knit together. And they was as drunkards. You know, everybody knows how a bunch of old drunkards will slobber and fall over at the top of each other. Tell them how they love them, amen, and hate them. He said, that's how they are today. There is one cometh out of thee that magnifieth evil against the Lord, a wicked counselor. And I thought about how sinnery of it. Don't say that here, but I looked up some history, and as they was building of the temple back, sinnery of the Assyrian, I went back and tried to destroy and to try to cut down and tried to fit in to the children of God to stop the building of the temple. And he said, the wicked uh, counselor. And I, I thought about maybe a counselor is good if they're a child child of God, a counselor is good, uh, but you go to a counselor that's educated by the world, you and I don't need that. We need a counselor uh, from God. Thus saith the Lord, though they be quick and like wise men, yea, thus shall they be cut down when he shall pass through. Though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. He said, I'll not afflict thee no more. Amen. And I believe, and I can go on down in the scripture, and I believe he was speaking uh, back to Judea, how that he wouldn't afflict them uh, no more. They's coming a uh, cutting off time. There's going to be a time that God won't take care of us, that he ain't going to take care of us because we have walked half from under, walked half from under of the hand of God. We've not given him praise when, when we uh, was blessed, when God had given us things when things was going good and I thought about Nineveh, amen, wouldn't listen to the word of God until they got in trouble and then Jonah, still Jonah wanted uh, to be looked upon and he wanted to see it uh, destroyed. He in 40 days, he wanted to see it destroyed and he went and sat down under a tree and this is paraphrasing, he was mad pouting on God. Did any of you ever pouted on it will pout it on God. 
said, I'm going to do it this way. I'll go when I want to. I'll go to another church. I'm going to tell you, the Bible said, and God said to him, do you good to be angry. He said, that gold come up in a day, and it went away in a day. You didn't have nothing to do, do with it. This is my business. They repented, and I spared Nineveh. Leave them alone. Amen. If God spares that enemy of mine that sinned against me and sinned against God, and he gets saved and wants to sit on the front row, he can sit on the front row. That's God's business. That ain't my business. But it's so easy to get in the flesh. Can I tell you something? Uh, I even read in the history there that maybe the Tigris River got up and he said that it would flood and it come through, come through Nineveh, tore down the wall and water come in to the city. That may or may not have happened. It ain't Bible. But it does say that the water came in. But they had trouble, and this is Bible, but God, they can't find a spot where Nineveh was, because God wiped it out. He, he gave them afflictions. He let them know that he could whip them out, and he inspired them, and he forgave them of their sins. He repented of destroying them, but he said, I'll not do it again. So the next time they were tore down, the walls were tore down. Uh, their gold was took away, and they said they've even excavated maybe five of the, of the 15 gates. And I don't know that, but he said they've dug them up and found that that was where none of them was at. You look at your house, a prosperous house. I don't see a one of you that I know that ain't living in a prosperous house, a house better than we was raised up in. But have we give God praise for it later? Have we muttered and we grumbled and for and not give God praise. Honey, I got up warm. I'll go to bed warm tonight. I'm not cold. I'm taken care of by the hand of God, honey. And I need to give God praise, honor, and glory. I know Henry's health ain't what it was. Roger's health ain't what it was. Emma's health ain't what it used to be. But I'm going to tell you, it ain't what it's going to be. We need to suffer our affliction here for a little while. Wow, I got a new body. I know I'm ugly now, but I'm going to be pretty. Amen. I've worked on this 55 years of being a child of God. Amen. And I'm going to look all right. I'm going to look all right. Janet might even ask me to marry her again. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'll let that go. But think about it, honey. That new body, it ain't going to be sick. It ain't going to be broken. It ain't going to be wore out. It's going to have every, everything it needs. It pays to be a, a Christian. Honey, it don't pay to do like none of us done and come through the generations. Our generation in World War one and two, our generation came hard. We was raised hard. Didn't have no car. We didn't have anything. And Daddy worked for T.N. Woodruff, and he got scripts. Amen. Instead of money, he got scripts that could be spent right here in Locap. Could be spent at T.N. Woodruff's store. I praise God for him. I wasn't addicted to chocolate because I didn't get it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, man, and I love the old store owner. We went to in. He had to walk by my old house to get to his nice house. 
sometimes he'd give us a little candy drop, a little chocolate drop. And me and my sister would sit out there, about four years old, sit out there and wait. He might happen to have a chocolate drop, and we'd split that chocolate drop. So I remember the end with the, till the day I dry. He always had a tie sports coat on, but he owned Woodlands Evergreen, the store. And I thought since his grandsons is gone, the stores fell apart, the Evergreens fell apart, the factories went away. What that man brought to our little community of Logap, of Logap, and he helped in the church at Mountain View. Help keep the church open. So there's somebody in our community still trying to keep the church door open. Amen. Amen. I love you. Stand to your feet. I can preach till I fail over. <laughs>